0: On the field and inside the clubhouse, this is Brewer's Extra Innings.
1: Here comes the 0-2 pitch. Chopper hit to short. Adamas, two hops right to him. He throws the first in time, and the sweep of this doubleheader is complete. Final score, 6-3. Now live from the Annex
0: Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee, with Jerry Augustine,
2: here's Matt Foley. Pretty solid day all around for the Brewers. Day-night doubleheader. They take game one by a 4-2 score. They come back. It takes, uh, waiting out an hour and 29-minute delay and some pretty heavy rain, but they're able to win by a 6-3 score. And what do you know? Yesterday, the Reds lost a makeup game against Cleveland. Today, the Reds lose to the Braves 3-2. And just like that, the Brewers lead in the division. Back to seven games. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pawley on air. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. And, Augie, let's start by talking a little bit about the pitching here in this second game game uh they're put in a tough spot when the rain comes down so they only get two plus from ashby but then the bullpen and specifically guys who have been out for a while like strickland and cousins uh you know brent Suter, even though he gives up a run he he comes in and gets the more important out uh the inning before miguel sanchez does a nice job to uh to clean up an inning Uh, this was a day where a lot of guys had to pitch even in a seven inning game but the pitching was pretty solid
3: yeah, you really have to like the way Ashby started a ball game. He's in control. Remember last time out against the Cubs, he struggled a little bit, but today, not so much trying to be aggressive in the strike zone, but being able to execute his pitches, he did a really nice job, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, a little bit later, but you got to hand it to the bullpen. Strickland coming off uh, the the IL with the COVID issues, and uh, really come out throwing the ball, set the tone for the rest of the ball game after the rain, rain delay, and uh, I'll tell you what, we'll talk about the Brewers. They one thing they've been doing very well of late, when, one, when the opponents score, they bounce right back and get on the board and, and turn the momentum back in their favor. And they did that today, and it got them two wins.
2: Yeah, and again, the, the lead back to seven games, as I tell you, we got uh, a number of messages on Sunday that I remember one message specifically, people saying, you know what, if the Brewers' bullpen stays like this, the Reds are going to end up catching them before the week is over. Well, I I said pump the brakes a little bit on that, and it takes two days, and the Brewers once again have a seven-game lead uh, in the division. We are taking you all the way until 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, so stick with us. We'll be going through this game, uh, and not, not just this game, but both games of the doubleheader. Brewers sweep the Cubs today. We're back with more after the news, which begins in two minutes here on WTMJ.
0: It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ.
1: The stretch by Suter. The kick and pitch. Struck him out swinging with a high fastball. Contreras goes down. The Cubs leave the bases loaded.
2: Good day all the way around at Wrigley for the Brewers as they win game one by a 4-2 score. They come back to win game two, 6-3 in each game. The Cubs take a 1-0 lead in the first game. Uh, the Cubs put up a run in the bottom of the third. What do you know? The Brewers bounce back in the top of the fourth with three runs. And then even more pronounced in the second game where the Cubs score one run in the bottom of the fourth inning. And then the Brewers bounce back with a really impressive fifth inning when they score six runs. In that fifth inning for the Brewers, they score their six runs on six hits as they do a really nice job of stringing hits together. and. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside Augie. We talk about it all the time. I don't mean to be a broken record, but two of the things we talk about is, A, uh, when you take a lead, it's really important that next half inning as a pitcher to put up a zero. And then kind of the the, uh, inverse of that is when a team takes a lead against you being able to answer those runs and the Brewers do a really good job with that in both games today because they're able to answer runs and take leads after the Cubs uh, took an early lead in the contest.
3: You know, that's one thing I think, Matt, if we, we look at this ball club all season long, even the struggles they had in the first half of the season is when the opponents would score, they'd always put pressure on that following inning. And that's exactly what you want to do. You want to go out and you want to get runners on base. Sometimes you're going to score, but you're not going to score, but you want to get that pressure put on. And, you know, lately, especially over the last month and a half, they've been able to bounce right back and put a run on the board or two runs on the board to keep the, keep the momentum back in their favor. But it all starts with that pitching when your team scores to go out throw a zero up there get back and get that team back in that dugout is so important and i'll tell you what the starting pitching along with the along with this bullpen has done a great job of that all year long
2: 855-616-1620 the Acunet mortgage talk and text line let's grab our first phone call of the day jerry is in bayview hey jerry you're on mm-hmm. wtmj
3: hey good morning uh matt and uh jerry
2: uh, I'm looking at great wins tonight. Um, I'm looking at a World Series run, and I am a little concerned as far as can the crew carry the uh, sub-200, 150 hitters like JBJ and Manny Pina to get there. And the second part of my question is what are the contract obligations uh, with the crew to Manny Pena. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I appreciate you, you bet. Thanks for the phone call, Jerry. Um, I think both those guys play an important role in the postseason, uh, but not not in every day, not a play a lot kind of role. When you get into the postseason, I think you build your roster a little bit differently. And to me, Omar Narvaez in all likelihood, would, would start every single postseason game. What you've got Manny Pena there to be is – an emergency catcher. He is really, really important when it comes to the meeting before the game. Uh, I, I know what his batting average is. He doesn't play a lot as as Narvaez has continued to uh, play as much as he had. I just I think it's I don't think Pina is a great hitter, but I think Pina is a better hitter than he has shown this year. He just hasn't had the opportunity to do that. He plays so little, but he has a huge impact on this team uh, in, in what he does in other ways. And then when we're looking specifically at the postseason. You've got JBJ, who is somebody who can come in as, you know, we saw it a few, it seems like every year, teams pick up like a really fast runner. And has them on their postseason roster, and literally their job is to be the designated pinch runner who can go steal a base, who can, you know, when you really need it. When you're talking about the postseason and you're not talking about playing every day, you've got a little bit more flexibility with the roster. So to have a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr., who you can come in as a defensive replacement in a, in a one run game, a two run game late, I actually think he fits better on a postseason roster than he does here during the regular season where he has struggled offensively. Although, Augie, he, I mean, that what he did today, you know, really we didn't know what that inning was going to turn into when he hit that ball down the right field line. That was a really, really big hit from him.
3: I thought you brought up a great point you know you, you look at what he does I think when you look at at first we'll start with Jackie uh, Bradley Jr. he's that defensive di- difference that you have that 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 key you have is sitting on the bench or that extra player that you do have that can come in the game and really make a difference for you on the defense side of the ball and and that is so important I think when you get into the you get into the playoffs you get into the uh, postseason to have those style guys on your ball club are so important I think you said it also right where he's that guy that runs the bases real well and he will come up with big hits every on occasion for you. Today he came up, put a good swing on it the guy uh, made, almost made a great play on the ball but he started that inning after after Urias had double he came up and put a good swing on it got, the, got that inning going where the team batted around it for the 19th time this year and was able to score to six runs but Jackie Bradley Jr is that defensive difference that you always have to look at and you always have to have and I think Manny Pena, I think when you you talk about Manny, he is such an integral part of this ball club when you talk about this pitching staff. You saw today in the first game when Peralta was struggling a little bit and especially that when you looked at that third inning Manny went out and talked to him and settled him down. He knows how to handle these guys. He understands what these guys have to do and not only that, I think he's a great mentor to Omar Navarro I think he does a great job with him and helping him become the, a better catcher, a better receiver and when you have a guy like that around those guys type of guys are invaluable. I think you would agree with me, Matt,
2: yeah, absolutely, as far as his contract goes, uh, Pina, uh is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. He is the longest tenured brewer. Uh, the Brewers have some good catchers coming up uh, in the system. Uh, this could be it for him. There is, I, I could definitely see a scenario where the Brewers give an opportunity to a younger player coming up. And uh, but because, yeah, there's there's nothing owed to Pina beyond uh, this season. He had signed a uh, one-year deal prior to this year that pays him uh, about one and three-quarter million dollars. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet. Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well at Matt Pauly on Air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers with the double header sweep of the Chicago Cubs, winning 4-2 and 6-3. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Two on pitch.
4: Swing and a drive out to right. Going back on it is Fargus at the warning track. It's off of his will score and check it in into second with a double as jackie bradley jr this game is tied
2: at one brewers sweep a double header from the cubs today winning game one four two winning game at two six three brewers extra Turnings does continue here on wtmj 855-616-1620 855-616-1620 that is the acunet mortgage talk and tax line you can also tweet into the program At Matt Pauley on air. From the 414, uh, at what point do the Brewers say that Curtis is not working and send him down to AAA? First off, he came out today with elbow tightness or elbow soreness, excuse me. Anytime I hear the word elbow when it comes to a pitcher, I I get worried. Uh, That is that's that doesn't generally end well hopefully this is a situation where it's fine he said he was okay uh, you don't want to see anybody uh, get injured but when you hear elbow is involved uh, that's where you kind of pause for a moment so this this conversation could potentially be all or not you hope that it's not I'll say the same thing that I've been saying over and over like I just I look at the track record, and I'm not telling you that he's pitched well. He hasn't. Uh, Neither of the two guys, uh, Curtis and Norris. Norris has been a little bit better, but neither of those guys have really come in and done a great job for the Brewers after they were acquired uh, at the deadline. I would also say they have not pitched in the roles that they were brought in because of the uh, COVID stuff going on, but a bunch of guys have pitched in roles that are differently, and others have had uh, a little bit more success. But I just – I really – I think David Stearns has such a track record when it comes to the acquisitions of pitchers in season that I would bet that both these guys, assuming they're healthy and they're going to be uh, be around, I would bet that they're both going to be pitching really important innings for this team as you get into September. There seems to be some uh, learning pains or growing pains, whatever you want to call it here, at the beginning of their tenure. Uh, I I think I am a more patient person when it comes to waiting things out than a lot of people who listen to this show are. You know, when when the season got started and everybody was calling for Andy Haynes to be fired, I'm the one saying wait it out two years ago when everybody was calling for Chris Hook to be fired. I said wait it out the two years before that when everybody was calling for Derek Johnson to be fired. I said wait it out. I'm the waited out guy, and sometimes it burns me. Sometimes the waited out thing doesn't work, but more often than not in a 162-game baseball season, when you've got smart people making decisions, they make decisions for a reason. They put people in positions to be successful, and if you wait it out, it's all going to end up uh, working out okay. But, Augie, I mean, to, to, the, to, to the texter's point, uh, you are not yet getting the production out of Curtis and out of Norris as well. The texter didn't mention Norris, but certainly you're not yet getting the production out of those guys that you would like to see after they were part of uh, trade deadline deals.
3: You know, I, I like your your point there in talking about patience. I think anytime you go over to a new organization, sometimes you just you walk in that door and it's like you've been there your whole life. Sometimes you walk in that door and you feel comfortable because the the, the team makes you comfortable, but you're still trying to earn that spot or you're trying to get your feet on the ground and I think sometimes the pitchers they go out and they try to they overthrow or try to be too fine and they don't they don't get to where they want to be I like that your part with patience I think these are two guys that when you look at their historically they've been very very good pitchers they've pitched in tough situations they've been productive and you just got to give them time and let's look at a a pitcher tonight uh, a little bit Matt let's look at Strickland Strickland when he first came in struggled a little bit and then he got a little had a up where he pitched very good I thought tonight was as good as we've seen Strickland all year his yeah. his fastball was crisp his breaking ball was sharp he was locating all his pitches I think sometimes you get that patient part of it that you just talked about it is so important and I think Craig Council does a great job along with Chris Soka getting these guys in games where they can get to where you can get their feet on the ground and, and and see how productive they can be for you I thought the big a big point that you brought up and I think is so important is that patient part. Historically, they pitched well, but that patient part is really important. We saw from Strickland tonight. I think two guys like you just said will be important down the down the road as we go along.
2: Yeah, and once Josh Hader gets back, all of a sudden everything kind of moves back to it, to some level of normalcy, and Hader should be back in the next few days or so. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden I think you're able to start judging those guys a little bit more. They've spent some time in the organization. They're pitching in the roles that they were brought in to pitch in, and uh, you can kind of go from there. But, yeah, I, when – When we get into September, especially if Curtis is okay, again, you hope that that elbow issue that he came out of the game with today is absolutely nothing and is good to go. Assuming these guys are healthy and they are on the team, I would expect that once you get into September it's going to be a situation where they are uh, giving this team uh, some pretty solid innings and outings and uh, that will be good to see. Brewers sweep a doubleheader. They once again extend their lead in the NL Central back to seven games. So many people were so upset on Sunday when it got down to five games Oh, the Reds are going to catch the Brewers no they're not 8556161620 it's the Ancuent Mortgage Talk and at text line the Brewers do continue to see a struggling Christian Yelich oh for four today he does make contact when he really need to make contact and drives in a run on an RBI groundout but Christian Yelich isn't here for RBI groundouts. He's here to do a lot more than that. And uh, they're continuing to see uh, struggles. And we'll, we'll continue to talk about what the answer is. There, I don't know if there is one, but we'll discuss it next. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. 3-2 pitch little
4: soft liner into shallow center. That's going to drop in there for a base hit. Escobar will score.
2: les will stop at third. And the Brewers lead it 6-1. to one. A doubleheader sweep of the Cubs by the Brewers. They win game one for 2 Come back with a 6-3 victory in the night camp. A game that was delayed an hour and 20 minutes due to a bad weather. The same system that came through Milwaukee. Went through Chicago as well. Welcome back in. Eight five five six one is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is just the uh, second-ever doubleheader sweep against the Cubs for the Brewers. Other was back in uh, July of 2013. Christian Yelich, uh, I... I've said all along that I think there's three spots in the lineup that make sense for Yelich. There's people out there that want to move down to to five, six, seven. I just don't think those spots make sense for him. Uh, The best thing he's doing right now, and he's not doing it as well right now as he had been doing previously, the best thing he had been doing uh, was getting on base. So the one, the two, and the eight spots are the spots that make the most sense. Uh, Colton Wong has done such a good job as a leadoff hitter. You're not going to have him there very often. I just don't see the team asking him to hit eighth all that often. But got a number of text messages about him. Uh, Mike texting in. Uh, Yelich looks like he hasn't played in years. Like he has not faced big league pitching in years. I can't understand if a how a great uh, player can go bad that fast and that young. Uh, a text message from the 414 says uh, when are they going to sit Yelich or send him down to Arizona to find his stroke, I don't really know what you mean by send him to Arizona. there's not a whole lot going on right there. you're not just going to send him to the to the spring training facility when when not a whole lot is uh, is going on outside of some really young players who are just drafted but uh, Augie the question does remain what do you do? because the reason people are asking those questions is because he's not producing and for a while we'd kind of been hanging the hat on his ability to get on base. Uh, those numbers are starting to really come back to earth as well Uh, i i know you and i've talked about it a whole lot and you talk all the time about the way that um pitchers are are attacking them but not to dismiss that augie like a lot of hitters on this team are being attacked in a very aggressive kind of way and and they're figuring it out and Yelich is isn't and i'm just i'm kind of Lost. I don't have answers at this point, and I don't know if anybody really has answers at this point.
3: I think the only p- person who has answers is is Christian and his approach. And you know, I, I watched him tonight, and I thought that it was uh, a really smart of Craig to put him in that leadoff spot. Maybe he gets more pitches ahead. Maybe he can go up there and be a little bit more aggressive in his swing and going after more pitches a little bit. And uh, they made some really good pitches on him. There's no doubt that. But that comes to that can only go along so far. Where you as a hitter have to make those good adjustments and it just seems like he's just not seeing the ball or just uh, not putting good swings on pitches where he gets an opportunity to get a good pitch. You know, they say at every every time at bat you get a good pitch to hit and he does get that and he's not getting it, he's not swinging, he's not hitting it, he's not hitting the ball uh, to all fields. It's just a, he's just, it's, it's very, very difficult when you see a, a, a player of that stature of that talent and as much as he means to this ball club who is struggling as much as he is I still feel that he is going to find it though they're going to need him before this is all said and done because we get into september we got a terrible september very tough schedule they are going to need him and he's got to find it how they find it it's it's just so difficult because right now like you've just said matt he looks like he just he's just up there and just doesn't understand uh, the approach that he needs to have to put a good swing on the ball to get some base hits
2: and, you know, something that we talked about last year was that he didn't have the protection in the lineup like he had the year before. Mike Moustakis wasn't around. Yes, Monty Grandal wasn't around. Well, we can't really talk about that now because he's right now the guy who's consistently hitting behind him is Willie Adamas. When Yelich is in the two spot, Adamas is in the three spot. Even today, Yelich leading off, Adamas is in the two spot. You want protection in the lineup. Adamas is an MVP candidate in the National League. I mean, those are the kind of numbers he has put up since coming to the Brewers. So it's, it's not the protection in the lineup anymore, and there's even more protection now. When you, look at, uh, when you look at that middle of the order with Adamas and Escobar and what Garcia has been able to do, uh, clearly there are dangerous hitters in this lineup uh, that can provide some protection for Yelich.
3: Think there's any part in the lineup? I know you. We've talked about it going up in that seventh, eighth, or fourth, fifth, and sixth. Your your fourth, fifth, and sixth hitters are your RBI guys. You need these guys to drive in runs, and the Brewers are getting that that quality at bats and those guys that are driving runs. You need that to succeed and to continue to go out and play good baseball and win baseball games. I, I just think with Christian right now, he just it, I it's I don't think it's about him not seeing the ball. I just don't. I just think that they're making some pitches, and he's just not making good adjustments on the ball and I don't know what you do uh he's still getting on base we talk about the walks he's still doing a good job at that and he does mean a lot to this ball club but getting up there to to, to watch him swing the bat where you say oh that's Christian Yelich." I thought first time up he swung the bat real hit that ball well the guy made a nice play uh Schwindel made a nice play on that ball in first base but after that it just seemed like he just didn't just didn't have that good approach where he could put a good swing on the ball
2: yeah, you you look at the on-base percentage and overall uh the on-base percentage is at 372. Uh that's that's pretty good. Uh, Really small sample size in the month of August. It's way down uh, his on-base percentage in four games in the month of August. So tiny sample size. In one of those games, he's a pinch hitter, so it's barely even worth mentioning. Uh, His on-base percentage in the month of August is 100. But in the month of July, it was at 329. Uh, In the month of June, it was at 407. So even with that number coming down a little bit, and it is, uh, I think, again, I I throw out the August numbers because uh, he's played in four games in the Month of August, and he's coming off a layoff uh, due to uh, COVID. Uh, if if he can. I continue to believe if he can go be that guy who's going to give you an on-base percentage of better than 300, you can continue to, especially the way this roster is constructed right now, since the acquisition of Eduardo Escobar with the increased production of Rowdy Teles, you can continue to sit Yelich there in the uh, in the two spot or the one spot if you want to keep him there, but certainly the two spot allow him to get on base and continue to uh, to score runs. That's his uh, that's his best best path to uh, helping this team win games here. at at the moment. Brewers sweep through a doubleheader. They take uh, each game from the Cubs. They win game 1-4-2. They win game 2 by a 6-3 score. Manager Craig Council spent some time speaking with the media just a little while ago. We'll uh, play his comments in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ.
4: Jewel comes set. Here's the 2-2 pitch. And it's a line drive into center field for a base hit. Around third is Narvaez. He's going to score. Escobar on his way to third. And Rowdy Telez drives in another for the Brewers. It's 5-1 crew.
2: Brewers sweep through the Cubs today. Combine that with the Reds on a two-game losing streak. Brewers back up by seven in the National League Central. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Brewers manager Craig Council spending some time speaking with the media just a little while ago. Opened up talking about what was both a good day and a very long day.
5: Uh, Yeah, it was a long day for sure and... um you know the guys, Willie and Esky and Weicho that uh, you know played both games for sure. It was um, you know a real kind of a mental test as much as a physical test today for them. So um, you know it's it's a good way to finish the day for sure. Um, so we got Brent got his first save, which is uh, you know something to celebrate for sure um, after him being such a big part of what we're what we've been doing the last couple of years. So that was a fun way to end the night. That fifth inning, Craig offensively was really an example of uh, of just keeping the line moving, like you'd like to say, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, we just we just had good at bats. Um, it was just a stringing stringing together a bunch of good at bats um, and uh, moving the line exactly. A um, bunch of big two out hits, and, and you know, at the end of it, so it uh, was was a huge inning for us for sure. Um, put us in good shape. Craig? everyone was watching the same weather reports. Do you like go into the game knowing that this was potentially the way Ashby's day was going to go? It might get cut short. Yeah. I, you know, we were, I think we were, everybody was hoping that the rain would come, you know, eight 39. So we would be four innings or so into the game. Uh, I don't think you ever want to start a game and then 45 minutes, you know, have it stop for that long period of time. But the weather's been un- unpredictable here the last two days. Um, you know, there's there's weather tomorrow. I think I heard. So we we just you know you had to we we started and unfortunately it happened and both teams got put in the same spot.
0: The outing was obviously shorter than you would have liked, but what did you think of the little bit that you did see of Aaron?
5: Yeah, well, the- he-, he was really good tonight. I, mean, I, th- I think he had a chance to pretty go pretty deep into this game. I thought his stuff was. Excellent, um, and that's that's what we've seen. That's how he's been pitching in, in uh, Nashville. Um, so it was exciting to see. There was It was special stuff for sure. The ball, you know, hit when he's good, the ball's kind of moving all over the place, and sometimes it's not, it's not doing the same thing necessarily, but it's moving a lot. That's what he, he's good at doing is making the ball move a lot. Um, and so hitters kind of miss, miss hit it, which I think we saw a bunch, you know, so you get choppers and things like that.
1: Craig what about um, you know getting Hunter and, and Jake Cousins back you know and just how, how sharp they both were in their innings too yeah
5: we're going to have spring training down in Georgia next year I think because they're obviously got a pretty good setup and, and then can, keep you, can get you ready so um, that's, uh, that's going to be our alternate site, I think is there uh, any word on John Curtis and kind of the severity of that if anything No, we're going to – we'll see how he's doing tomorrow. Um, It was an elbow issue. He just felt some tightness there. So we got him out of there, and uh, we'll we'll see what it leads to. What about Avi, too? Is his finger okay? Yeah, he's – yeah, Avi's fine. Yep. Craig, we've talked to you about Yellich, how the on-base, you know, makes him fit at the top of the lineup. Can can hitting some of the bats in the leadoff hole change the – the look a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, he he won't lead off tomorrow. I mean, this was just kind of the, the, without Colton in there, it, it fits. So, you know, I, I think at this point, we just you know, after missing eleven days or whatever, we, we just got to get at bats underneath him. Um, kind of reminds me of how he came back. He, you know, he wasn't sharp coming back after the missing some time at the back. So we just got to put some at bats underneath him. Um, and get him there so he's you know he's not locked in right now there's no doubt about it you mentioned um first save but uh, Miguel Sancho's first win through one pitch not not a bad outing right oh I didn't know yeah that was his first win one pitch one one pitch and a win well (laughs) I mean Miguel's Miguel's done a really nice job for us this year he's he's been you know what what Shooter has done kind of in the past for us is like a utility guy reliever almost who kind of described him as is what Miguel's done for us this year. Um, he's pitched in a lot of different spots. And you know, I, I think the one thing about Miguel, anytime you put him in the game, he's he he's ready for the any any situation, doesn't doesn't get situation doesn't get too big for him. Um, and he, he's been a real steady and force during all this craziness that's been going on with the bullpen. I don't, you know, honestly, when we called him up, you know, it was, we, I, I can't remember the situation we called him up, but the way he's pitched has, has made us keep him here. think is it Corbin tomorrow? Corbin, Corbin yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, Corbin Burns is going to start tomorrow. That's the first. We got to go back and look or see if somebody else has already done the uh, the research. When was the last time a Brewer starting pitcher started on standard rest, meaning four days rest, you know, the every fifth day sort of thing? Because they've been on a six-day rotation throughout the course of the year, uh, unless I'm not thinking of something that happened recently and I'm having a – a brain fizzle here at twelve thirty nine in the morning. Uh, I can't think of the last time it happened outside of very, very, very early on in the season. But they got two starting pitchers on the uh, on the COVID list right now, so. Uh yeah, that's, that's what you do. So Corbin Burns is going to go tomorrow. Brewers sweep through a doubleheader. They win game 1-4-2. They come back and win 6-3 in the night camp. How did that game all play out? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This?
0: Deep right.
2: And this?
1: Third deck. Holy smokes.
2: Time for tonight highlights. Here's Matt Foley. Game one of the doubleheader this afternoon went to the Brewers 4-2. They got a few hours to rest, and then they played game two of the series. They win it by a 6-3 score. Starting a pitching matchup, Aaron Ashby making his second Major League appearance for the Brewers as uh, Alec Mills gets to start for the Cubs. Neither would be long for this game. Bottom of the first inning, Ashby takes the mound, and he faces off against David Bodie to start the inning. Ashby's 1-2 pitch
1: to Bodie, and he struck him out. A changeup for Aaron Ashby, the first big league strikeout in the career for Ashby. One up and one down here in the bottom of the first. Beautiful changeup here by Ashby.
2: Yeah, he would get through the first two innings without giving up a run. He would come back out. Uh, Actually, he wouldn't come back out. He would come up to the plate. I guess that's coming out of the dugout at least. He would uh, come out to the plate in the third inning with uh, one out, facing off against uh, Alec Mills. The count would go 1-1. Then the rain's about to come down, and the players are taken off the field. The tarp is put on the field, and for the next hour and 29 minutes, no baseball was played. When baseball got started again, it was no longer uh, Aaron Ashby at the plate. Tyrone Taylor replaced him as a pinch hitter. And that officially ended his day after two scoreless innings. Hunter Strickland came on to pitch for the Brewers in the third inning. In the fourth inning, John Curtis comes on for the crew, and the first batter he faces is Patrick Wisdom. Curtis's first offering to Wisdom is a high drive out to right. Going back on it is Peterson.
1: He looks up, and it's one nothing shot.
2: So that gave the Cubs a lead, a one nothing lead for the second time in as many games uh, after he would stay in. John Curtis would eventually. Uh, the Brewers saw something that they did not like. Evidently, he's got some elbow soreness. They got him out of the game. They bring in Miguel Sanchez. He throws one pitch, gets out of the inning. Lo and behold, that turned into a one-pitch victory for him because of what the Brewers do in the top of the fifth inning. It all gets started with Luis Urias. 1-2 pitch, and
4: Luis, a drive out to left center field. That's going to plug the gap, and it hits off the base of the ivy in left center. Chugging into second with a double is Luis Urias for the Brewers. A leadoff
2: double for the crew. In a one nothing game that the Cubs lead, the next at-bat, a very important bat, as Jace Peterson is able to hit a ball on the ground to the right side of the infield. That moves at Urias to third with one out. Again, you didn't know what was about to happen. What was about to happen was Jackie Bradley Jr. would come up with a big hit. Two on pitch. Swing and a drive out to
4: right. Going back on it is Fargus at the warning track. It's off of his glove will score and check it into second with a double as Jackie Bradley Jr. This game is tied at one.
6: Standing continues. Christian Yelich standing in.
4: 3-2 pitch. Yelich ground ball off the hand of Ryan. He's going to score. Ryan will recover and toss to first to get Yelich. But it's an RBI ground out for Christian Yelich, and the Brewers take a 2-1 lead.
6: As we try to get Matt reconnected, we'll just keep rolling on. Omar Narvaez at the plate. 1-1 pitch.
4: Narvaez to drive into center field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Garcia being waved around third. Here's the throw home. It's cut off. Garcia will score, and the Brewers lead it 3-1.
6: Three-to-one lead as the big fifth inning continues. Eduardo Escobar standing in.
4: Escobar, a line drive into right. That's going to drop in there for a base hit. Adamas will score. Now they throw behind Narvaez at second, and he's going to get back in there safely. So an RBI
6: single for Escobar. It's 4-1 Brewers. And the Wrigley faithful letting him hear it, and with more crowd noise coming up for Rowdy Teles. Jewel
4: comes set. Here's the 2-2 pitch. And it's a line drive into center field for a base hit. Around third is Narvaez. He's going to score. Escobar on his way to third. And Rowdy Telez drives in another for the Brewers. It's 5-1 crew.
6: Not done yet. The man who led off the inning comes back to the plate. Luis Urias at the plate. 3-2 pitch.
4: Little soft liner into shallow
6: center. That's going to drop in there for a base hit.
4: Escobar will score. Teles will stop at third. And the Brewers lead it 6-1. to one.
6: And that would cap off the fifth inning. Headed to the sixth, Anhel Perdomo comes out on the hill for the Brewers. He will face off against Frank Schwindel. And Vargas then comes to the plate to do this.
1: Perdomo ready and throws. Swing and a tapper, hit out in front of the mound. Perdomo picks it up, bare hand, throws it first. Not in time, Fargus beat it. That's going to score a run. It's 6-2 to two now as Craig Council holding up play just to make sure. Dan Merzell, the first base umpire that was on it.
6: Council would not review that play. And the score stands 6 to 2 in the 6th inning. Brent Suter comes out in a bases loaded situation. He faces off
1: against Wilson Contreras. The stretch by Suter. The kick and pitch. Struck him out swinging with a high fastball. Contreras goes down. The Cubs leave the bases loaded.
6: Big strikeout for Brent Suter. We would see him again in the seventh inning. For now, the Cubs in the top of the seventh trying to create a rally. Patrick Wisdom at the, excuse me, the bottom of the seventh. Patrick Wisdom at the plate.
1: Lying down the left field line. That's a fair ball and into the corner with a runner moving. They're going to get a run across as Duffy's going to score. Wisdom's in the seconds. with an RBI double It's 6-3. to 6 to 3, six to three.
6: Two outs, Brent Suter still at the plate, and it's Frank Schwindel trying to bring it home for
1: the Cubs. Here comes the 0-2 pitch. Chopper hit to short. Adamas, two hops right to him. He throws the first in time, and the sweep of this doubleheader is complete. Final score, 6-3. to three. Brent Suter picks up the first save of his big league career crew take down the Cubs, 6-3, one huge inning in the top of the fifth. That's all it took for the crew.
6: Indeed it is. The Brewers cap off a two-game doubleheader sweep of the Cubs in Wrigley Field. A a one-and-a-half hour, about minutes, hour 26 minutes, I believe, was the final game time of the rain delay. And the Brewers kept off the doubleheader. And that is me trying to fill in a highlight segment, folks, because Matt Polly has lost his internet connection. That is what we like to call live radio. We will try to reestablish connection, and we will try to get Matt Ma- Matt Polly to end this program and set up the game against the Cubs. Game th- four, three. It's hard to t- tell what day it is. Against the Cubs coming up, this is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
0: WTMJ, W277CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studio. This is News Radio WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on
2: WTMJ. It has been a night between the weather, the technology, everything. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. How about Greg Hill back in the station? My connection just dies, and he finishes off the highlight segment. That's pretty solid stuff right there as the Brewers come away with a 6-3 victory uh, in Game 2 of a doubleheader, able to uh, complete the doubleheader sweep of the Chicago Cubs. So all the way around, uh, solid day for the Brewers. Certainly want to mention uh, Doug Kern, who is a big... Uh, baseball historian uh, figured out that uh, the Brewers also had a game on April 12th where they scored six plus runs in an inning against the Cubs. Uh, the Brewers have not done that twice in the same season in at least 30 years, so it has been a little while. As far as uh, what else took place uh, across the National League Central, Cardinals knock off the Pirates by a 4-1 score, so the Pirates' struggles continue. Jay Happ gets his first win as a member of the Cardinals. He goes six innings, allowing a run on a hit with uh, five strikeouts and two walks overall. He is 6-6. and Paul DeYoung, Tommy Edmond, each hitting home runs for St. Louis. And then the game you're probably more interested in, the Reds. They lose to the Braves by a 3-2 score as Atlanta was able to score two in the fourth and one in the sixth after originally being down by a 2-0 score. They come back to get the win. Sonny Gray got the start for Cincinnati five innings two runs on three hits he does not factor into the decision Aristides Aquino hits a home run his seventh of the year so as we day, do take a look at the standings right now in the National League Central the Brewers lead back to seven games the Brewers are at 68 and 46 while the Reds seven games back at 61 and 53 Cardinals 11 games back they give two 500 at 56 and 56 Cubs 16 and a half back. The Pirates are 26 and a half back as far as the wild card standings go. The Reds are now four and a half games back of the Padres. Uh, so that's uh, that's growing a little bit as well. Brewers will uh, play the next game of the series against the Cubs coming up technically later on today. Corbin Burns scheduled to make the start. It's going to be a 7.05 first pitch. That means our coverage will begin at 6.30 and I look forward to talking to you immediately. immediately. Immediately following the game for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings. Once again, the Brewers sweep a doubleheader from the Cubs here on WTMJ.